0: Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Sunday, October the 15th, 2023. It is currently 10.08 p.m. Central Time, and I am coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Have you ever had an experience where you went through a number of maybe frustrating, irritating things during the day, and then as the day turned to evening, the evening gave away to night, somewhere during that nighttime, you started reflecting over your day, over the irritation, over the frustration, over whatever happened. And maybe you were feeling sorry for yourself. Maybe you were upset and angry, feeling and justifying that you were right. And whatever the case may be, you you were just processing it. And then all of a sudden, you got slapped across the face. Boom. With conviction. All of a sudden, you were convicted about your attitude, about your thinking. You were convicted Maybe about how ungrateful you are. You are convicted greatly by something. Hopefully, as a believer, you've experienced that. I know I have way too many times in my Christian life, which probably seems to tell you that I'm constantly in some form of sin because, well, I constantly tell you that I'm just a sinner sitting in front of a microphone. But I, I, I felt that tonight. I was greatly convicted, greatly convicted. And and how I got to that conviction, it's it's kind of an interesting story. I'm not going to go through everything that happened today. I'll just give you the basic highlights where you have an idea of what occurred. But before I can go through what happened today, let me go back to yesterday, Saturday evening. In my mind, I'm like, "Okay, I've got 3 hours planned for Sunday morning for preaching, right? I got I got Sunday school, All right, we're going to do an observational exercise, and we'll start in Ezekiel chapter 37. Then the next hour, we'll go to chapter 38. And then Sunday night, we'll do Ezekiel 39, three hours of observational exercise on Ezekiel 37 to 39. No other church is going to be walking their people through an observational exercise. It's relevant to what's happening in the world. It's relevant to how many Christians are looking to Ezekiel 38 and 39 to talk about the situation in Israel it's bible teaching it's hermeneutics it's it's theology it's doctrine it's relevant okay this i i think this is going to be three good hours of teaching and in my mind i'm like okay if i get those three hours in the recordings are perfect i get them uploaded then i can i can come home sunday night and sit back and go whew, all right let's I, I can just be, I can relax. And if I want to record Monday, I can record. If I don't want, I mean, I, I just posted three hours of content. If I just want to do the Bible pop quiz on Monday, great. If I don't, if I want to wait till Tuesday, technically I can. It's a pop quiz, so I can change it up. I could take... All of Monday off, and I could just relax. I could kick it off with Sunday evening, doing whatever I wanted to do—read, listen to things, movies, whatever. I could just get back. I could, I could spend the day Monday doing. I could just really relax and just kind of get a, a little break. And but, I, but because I, I put in so much work to put together these three hours of teaching, so that's how all I could think about. That's all I could think about when I went to bed Saturday night. I was just thinking, just. Man, three hours of work on Sunday, and then I'm going to get a break. This is going to be great. This is going to be wonderful, right? So I went the first hour. I was like, okay, that was a good start. That was a good start. We didn't get as far as we wanted, but that's okay. We got about halfway through Ezekiel 37 we ended with a perfect spot by looking up all the references to the house of Israel. Okay. We're, we're really good. We're, we've got this down. We've got this down. We've got this down. We've got this down. So all I got to do the next hour, finish up 37, right? And then I come back, we do uh, Ezekiel 38 Sunday night. And then if I want to Wednesday do Ezekiel 39. I mean, I've got Every, I don't even need to worry about any. This is perfect. This is working out even better than I thought. So everything was great. I was, it was all wonderful. And so I started getting everything ready for Sunday morning when I realized the computer needed to do an update. I did the update. I thought everything was good to go. I got ready to fill out all of the information on our the Spreaker Studio software, and lo and behold, the software would not recognize the microphone that we've been using for a year. All of a sudden, it just acted like this microphone doesn't exist. And I'm like, "What is going on? I did everything that I'm supposed to know. Restart, reboot, uh, every and nothing. And, ever, and I'm just standing there at the front of the church working on this, and everybody's sitting in the pew waiting. And I'm like, "This is embarrassing. Oh, what? Okay, just close the computer." Walk over to the pulpit with this like dark cloud coming over me like, okay, great. I'm going to present this, but the recording's not going to happen. And now that the recording's not going to happen, meaning I'm going to have to do this again, right? I'm going to have to do this again. Okay. Maybe it's a little frustrating, but I could probably summarize the review and it would still be okay. I can do this, but okay. Sunday, I'll go home, fix it. It'll probably take, take 15, 30 minutes, maybe an hour to be fixed. And then we'll be back Sunday night. And then at least, even though I mean, you know, maybe with the part two never really is a true part two, but okay. We'll do a, we'll do a review of, of Ezekiel 37. Then we'll go and then we'll start Ezekiel 38. Okay. I can still fix this. It still can be, you know, salvaged. It can be it can be redeemed. It can be saved in some way, right? Well, I get home and one hour turns into 2 hours, 2 hours turns into 3 hours and it becomes obviously that I I cannot fix the problem. And so then there was like, well, do I go to church? What do we do? We're not going to be able to live stream. We're not going to be able to record. We're not going to be able to do anything. I've been, all I haven't had any chance to work or even get in the right frame of mind to go stand. I mean, I could rush, get together, rush to the church, stand behind the pulpit, deliver something, but I would not be in the right frame of mind spiritually. I would be I, inside, I'd be frustrated and I'd be irritated and I'd be bothered. So who wants to be standing behind? the pulpit preaching that way. But because we're a small church, I felt like, you know what? I'm not going to do the... To me, that would just be being fake. So we canceled. And then I started figuring out what the problem was. But then at that point, now I realize I'm down two hours of teaching that I was going to post tonight. Two hours. Gone. I got to make that up. I got to make that up. Well, that that that's so irritating. So now... Well, then I don't have three hours to post so I can just do what I want tomorrow. Now I got to make up the two hours that I missed on Sunday and then I got to do what I would typically do on Monday. So now I need, I feel like I need to do three, four hours of teaching. And and because the people at church didn't get a service, I really need to do like five hours of programming and broadcasting on Monday. Well, that's not the way. And so then it's just pity party and frustration and irritation and, and, and really just not doing anything, just moping around. Oh, woe is me. The world is coming to an end. Oh, this is okay. Maybe that's a little bit of hyperbole, but not far from it. And I just, just, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't take opportunity. I didn't use the time. I could have came up here and turned on the microphone. I could have done something. I did nothing. Absolutely, I accomplished nothing. I wasn't really relaxing. I really wasn't resting. It was just frustration. Frustration, frustration, frustration. So I was downstairs in the kitchen and the studio doors right there. And I looked up and I saw that the studio light is on. I'm like, oh, man, I need to go up there. I got to turn off the light, shut down the computer, make sure things are unplugged, make sure everything is good to go for the night. So I, I come walking up the steps. I sat down because I'm going to turn off the computer and I just sat here for a second. And I'm like, you know, I've had a really bad attitude. You know, I haven't accomplished anything. I'm like, I know what I'll do. I'll grab the liturgy of the hours. For those who are not familiar with the liturgy of the hours, it's how the early church prayed. If you go back all the way back into church history, in fact, before church, Go back to Judaism. Within Judaism, they had specific hours of the day dedicated to prayer, right? Specific hours of the day utilizing the Psalms primarily or at least a, a large portion of it. And there were certain hours And you can even see that kind of referenced in the New Testament where it would be on this hour, this hour. It's a reference to the Jewish hours of prayer. Well, the early church adopted the Jewish hours of prayer. At one point, I think they had it broken down to about seven. I think there were seven originally. I'm I'm, I'm teaching from memory here. And then they, they kind of reduced it to the current format, which now is the Office of the Readings, morning prayer, afternoon prayer. It's kind of it's kind of broken into multiple times during the afternoon where you can pray like early afternoon, mid afternoon, late afternoon, and then evening prayer, and then late night prayer. And it's primarily only really practiced primarily. Um, I mean, at least in in that format primarily within Roman Catholicism. They have maintained that concept. But it goes way back to the early, early, early church and even though if you take if you buy the four volumes of the liturgy of the hours and if you can figure out how to actually use it because if you ever buy the four volumes of the liturgy of the hours and you're not familiar you're going to be like I don't even know what to do here I don't know not I'm not even going to know what to say you're just going to be lost and you're going to fumble around and until you can learn how to do it there's books that teach you how to do it still takes a long time uh, but I also have an app on my iPad uh, called the Divine Office, or, you know, Divine Office, Liturgy of the Hours, that I could get into the differences and the distinctions, and we can get into a long history. But Liturgy of the Hours. And I'm like, you know, maybe maybe I just do night prayer. Maybe I do night prayer. Now, for those, again, who don't know, the primarily in the Liturgy of the Hours, you're just praying the Psalms. You're praying the Psalms in a basically in a four-week period to pray all 150 Psalms. Plus there is a scripture reading each time and there, and there's other, other scripture as well, but it's scripture, 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 scripture. It's basically 95% scripture. There are some things thrown in that you'll see Roman Catholicism says you'll, you'll see Roman Catholicism and the influence of Roman Catholicism. But for the most part, it's scripture, 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 scripture. So I'm like, you know what? I'll I'll at least look at this. So I, oh, you know, I opened up the app, night prayer, right? They tell me, uh, you know, the liturgy of the hours. You know, I could, I could use volume one, page one uh, one thousand one hundred seventy-two. I could use volume two, page sixteen twenty-eight, because night prayer are, is pretty much the same, no matter which volume. The volumes are broken into the church seasons, whether you're in ordinary time or Advent or Lent. You, you get the basic um, idea. So I, I grabbed it. And the night prayer, like all the prayers, always begin with, uh, God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. That's how you begin. Now You could begin in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You could do that. Or you can just say, God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Now, as soon as I read those words, God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. On one hand, I felt a little silly. I mean, I know you're supposed to say that every time you start the prayer, but on the other hand, it's like, okay, because all I could think about is, woe is me, my little frustration of the day when there's people actually suffering. But okay, God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. Now that's very important. That, that, that whole phrase, glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Very important for Trinitarian theology, all right? Uh, the eternality, one God, three distinct persons who are co-equal and co-eternal, on and on and on, okay? Then there's a time for examination of conscience. Examination of conscience. And it reads this way, we are called to have a clear conscience towards God and towards men in our heart and in our minds and in our actions actions and in actions. To do so, it is vital that we examine our conscience daily and to ask for God's mercy as we fall short and to ask for his strength to do better. All right, so it's a time to examine my conscience. Well, examine my conscience and You know, sit there in silence and think about, well, my attitude, my frustration. But to be honest, I was examining my conscience. and I'm just going to come on. Can I be honest with you? Can I be honest with you? Kind of justified my feelings, right? I mean, come on. Everything's messed up. The whole podcast is messed up. This whole sermon series that I'm trying to do in Ezekiel 37 through 39. I'm trying to do a very good thing. Whole thing's messed up. I have a right to be frustrated. I have a right to be irritated. Who can tell me I don't? I know my life. I know my situation. I have a right to be upset. So almost I'm like I'm supposed to be examining my conscience, but I'm doing more examining my conscience and justifying myself. I know. Really spiritual, huh? Really spiritual. Okay. Okay. Then there's a hymn that they have that you can read, okay? And then you go to the Psalms because that's what the liturgy of the hours is. All right? The antiphon, the little statement that kind of offers a summary, says, Night holds no terrors for me sleeping under God's wings. I always think that's beautiful. The Night holds no terrors for me sleeping under God's wings because I know in Christ I'm sleeping under God's wings because I'm in Christ. So the night holds no terror for me because what's the worst could happen? I don't wake up. Well, I wake up in his, if I don't wake up here, I wake up in his presence. If I, something horrible happens to me at night, I wake up in his presence, not because I'm godly, not because I'm holy, but because I'm in Christ Jesus, because I am a sense covered by his wings, by his imputed righteousness. All right. Then I was, suppo- I'm supposed to pray Psalm 91. All right. So I, you know, had my Bible, Psalm 91. We won't go through that now. All right. Then at the end of Psalm 91, I, I repeat the antiphon. Night holds no terrors for me, sleeping under God's wings. Then the reading for tonight's night prayer for the Liturgy of the Hours is Revelation 22, 4 through 5. Revelation 22, 4 through 5. So I'm going to go to Revelation. Revelation 22. I'm going to read it from the King James instead of quoting it. Uh, From there, uh, Revelation chapter twenty-two, four through five, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads, and there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign for ever and ever. Read that again, Revelation twenty-two, four through five, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads, and there shall be no night there, and they need no candle neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light and they shall reign forever and ever. It it points me to the future glory. So this night prayer... Tells me, hey, there's there's no there's no na- night terrors, there's no terrors that can get me because I fall asleep and I sleep under God's wings. In other words, then I there there's comfort, there's peace there that no matter what happens, I will wake up in His presence. Okay, that's fine, that's beautiful. But then this points me again to Revelation twenty two four through five. The reading for tonight points me to future glory, future the eternal time with God where. Again, I, you know, I'm going to read it from their translation. I'm going to read it from their translation. They shall see the Lord face to face and bear his name on their foreheads. The night shall be no more. There will be no light from lamp of the sun for the Lord shall give them light and they shall reign forever in, in the presence of God with God, eternal glory with God. Well, whenever you see the eternal glory Whatever, typically what happens when you are confronted with the eternal glory, your present situation begins to pale in comparison to the greatness of the future glory. So night prayer immediately takes my eyes off and woe is me. My podcast is not working out right. I'm going to have to repeat a message or whatever. And, and it, put, it, it pointed me to future glory. I started feeling a little conviction at that point. I started feeling a little conviction. I'm like, that's, that's what I should be concerned. I'm going to, I'm going to be in the presence of God. like, no, no matter what happens, I'm going to be in the presence. There's going to come There's not going to be any night. There's not going to be a need for any sun. I will be with him. I will be his people. He will be my God. I will be in his presence. I will, I will be with him forever. And I'm worried over a podcast and sermons and, and technology. And, and now I'm not saying that, that. It. I, 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 mean, I know I sound like I'm justifying myself. Obviously, I understand we live in real life and we do feel those emotions. But I'm saying when you take those real emotions and you put them in, in light of the eternal glory, they begin to pale. They begin to seem insignificant. Right? It's It's almost, and I know this is not a great analogy, but it's almost like, oh, man. I had $5 in my wallet and I lost it. I lost $5. Now, that may be a big deal depending on your financial situation. That may mean you're not going to have lunch tomorrow. That could be significant. But if you know that in the future, you're going to be a billionaire, that $5 seems insignificant. Well, whatever I'm dealing with, that eternal glory... Doesn't change the way I feel now ultimately, right? But at least makes me realize, wait a minute, wait a minute, look that way. And then it begins to pale in comparison. So I was starting to feel a little bit of conviction, a little bit of conviction, just a little bit, not, not perfect conviction yet, not, not pure conviction, because there was still a little bit of trying to kind of justify. Then the responsory was this, the responsory is this, into your hands, Lord, I commend my spirit. Then you, it can be repeated if you're doing this with individuals and they could repeat the second part or you can just repeat it yourself. Into your hands, Lord, I commend my spirit. Into your hands, Lord, I commend my spirit. You have redeemed us, Lord God of truth. I commend my spirit. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Into your hands, Lord, I commend my spirit. Okay. I, 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 I should just be Lord. Whatever has happened today, I, I, I commend my spirit to you, into your hands, because I, I, I'm going to sleep under your wings because I'm in Christ Jesus. My sins have been forgiven, eternal glory is certain. All right. Starting to feel a little bit more conviction. Then the gospel for this evening. Again, this is all liturgy of the hours. The gospel. Now, before the gospel, there's the antiphon, the thing that you repeat It kind of summarizes. And I love this. It's beautiful, 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 beautiful. I, I, I try to pray it um, at night. Protect us, Lord, as we stay awake. Watch over us as we sleep, that awake we may keep watch with Christ and asleep rest in peace. The antiphon: Protect us, Lord, as we stay awake. Watch over us, as we sleep. That we that awake we may keep watch with Christ, and asleep rest in His peace. Right? I'm so familiar with that. I'm just going to be honest with you. Didn't really add a lot of conviction. Didn't really give it much thought. And then it was the gospel. I'm so familiar with this gospel because I've been praying the Liturgy of the Hours for a good portion of my adult life uh, for a very long time. It took me year, two, two years really to learn how to even use the Liturgy of the Hours. And then I saw the passage and I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. How did I forget this? Now, it comes from Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. I'm going to read for context purposes, all right? Luke Luke chapter 2, I'm going to start in verse 21. The actual text is 29 to 32, but I'm going to go to 21 where we have a little bit of context here, right? Luke chapter 2, verse 21. And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus which was so named of the angel because he was conceived in the womb, before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Christ or the Lord's anointed one before he had seen the messiah verse 27 and it came to and he came by the spirit into the temple and when his the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law then he took him up in his arms blessed god and said lord now let us thy servant depart in peace according to thy word for mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all the people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people, Israel or Israel. As soon as I read those words, I read them. In the Liturgy of the Hours, of course, they use a different translation. I read these words, Lord, now let your servant go in peace. Your word has been fulfilled. My own eyes have seen the salvation which you have prepared in the sight of every people. Now, you can see why that those that gospel reading is chosen for the liturgy of the hours at night. Because what it is saying is you've gone through your entire day. If you followed the liturgy of the hours during this day, you have prayed the Psalms. You have read the scriptures right? And by reading the scriptures, praying the Psalms, by spending time in God's word, of course, at some point in this day, your eyes have seen the salvation because you have read the scriptures. You have seen God's dealing with his people. You have seen his salvation. And for me, I stood behind the pulpit and preached Leviticus or Leviticus, uh, Ezekiel chapter 37. We were in Leviticus, but Exodus, Ezekiel chapter 37 Ezekiel chapter 37, which is God's restoration, regeneration, unifying Israel, Israel. Right, So in a sense, I saw at least a part of God's salvation, what he's going to do for Israel. And what we saw in Ezekiel 37, what we saw in Ezekiel 37, it's all God's work. It's not man's work. It wasn't the dry bones. They didn't do anything. God and and the dry bones are the house of Israel. It's about Israel. It's not about us. I understand that. But it shows us that salvation is a work of God. He's the one who does it. He breathes life. He brings us. He He regenerates us. He resurrects us. It's a work of God. So in a sense, I saw the work of God's salvation for Israel, what I believe to be a future salvation for Israel, but it should have reminded me at least in part, even though the text is not telling me that it's about the salvation of Israel, at least reminded me a salvation is a work of God and God breathed life into me when I was dead and saved me. I know the text is about Israel and I so emphasize that this morning, so emphasize that. But still, throughout the day, right, if, if anyone thinks about it, it's Sunday, just the fact that it's Sunday. Why do, we, why do we go to church on a Sunday? We don't go to a church on a Sunday just because it's nothing better to do. No, Sunday reminds us of the resurrection of Christ. He was crucified, died, buried, and rose the third day for my salvation. Even driving to church on a Sunday, I, I used to say this all the time, my empty house on Sunday... As a testimony to my neighbors that I believe the tomb was empty, you know, 2,000 years ago. When I leave my house on a Sunday, I'm telling everyone around me, my empty house is proof that I believe the tomb was empty 2,000 years ago. That's why I'm going to church on a Sunday because I believe Christ was resurrected. So even if, even forget Ezekiel 37, and I don't know why I keep calling it Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers, but Ezekiel 37, I apologize. I mean, you know, see, I'm going to have a pity party, right? Because I didn't get everything perfect. Okay, but that's okay. Um, even Ezekiel 37, even though it's about the house of Israel, and I emphasize that and emphasize, emphasize that and emphasize that, it still shows me the power of God in salvation. And that can at least remind me of God's power and salvation for me. It's all the work of God. I was, I was dead and my trespasses and sins that now that's Ephesians two, that now puts it more back on us, right? That's me. We were dead and our trespasses and sins. and God has to be the one to breathe life into us. He has to be the one to save us. It's all a God sourced. It's God directed, God centric work. I don't have any part in it. It's all monergistic. Now, By going to church on Sunday, I'm reminded of his resurrection. Even before I do anything, even before I do anything, I'm already reminded of his resurrection because I'm going to church on Sunday. Opening the Bible and looking and reading scripture. Once again, I'm being, I'm hearing about God and about what Christ will and will not do, right? Everything that should have happened today, at least in some way, shape or form, I have seen, my eyes have seen his salvation. But this is almost what happened. Today, in a sense I saw the salvation that comes from Christ. I saw it in a roundabout way, right? Not not obviously in a literal way, but in a metaphorical and a spiritual way because it's I'm going to church on a Sunday that reminds me of the resurrection. On and on and on. There's, there was all kinds of reminders right there. Just telling me, reminding me of the powerful salvation of God. And I looked at the power, powerful salvation that comes from God and saying, Lord, 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 let me, I know I, I can depart in peace now for I have seen your salvation. I don't need it. Everything now is perfect. I am content. I have seen your salvation. You know what I did? I said, I've seen your salvation. But what about me? What about my little problems? My podcast got messed up. My sermon didn't get recorded. I'm gonna have to do this again. I can't fix this problem te- with technology. That's it. I don't know what I'm ever going to do again. I saw the salvation, and I didn't say, "Lord, Lord, Lord." That's all I need. I can depart in peace. I, I could die right now. It- it's-, it's all. It's all good. It's okay. Let me. I. I don't have to live another day. I have seen your salvation. Read those words again. Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace, according to that word. And that's the reason this is night prayers. That's the way right before you get into bed, you should be able to say every day. Because if you've read your Bible, if you've studied If you've done anything, in some ways, you've been confronted with the truth of God's salvation anytime we read and study the Bible to some way, shape, or form, right? We are reminded of the law and our conviction. And somewhere in our reading, we usually see something about Christ and what he has done for us. So every day, we we should see his—so every day, right before I get in bed, I'm like, Lord, let me depart in peace. If I don't wake up tomorrow, it's okay. I can depart in peace because I— for mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to the light of the Gentiles and to the glory of the people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. When I, when I get ready to get in bed, I should be, Lord, let, let your servant depart in peace. For uh, my, uh, my eyes have seen. The salvation. Every day I should be able to say that. There should be a contentment. There should be a peace. There's no night terrors. Because I rest under your wings. The future glory. I should be able to just be like. It's, it's good. Nothing to worry about. Nothing to be afraid about. Nothing to be upset about. Nothing to be. Because what can. What temporal problem. Can compare. To such Eternal glory of seeing his salvation and knowing that he saved me, not because of what I can do, but because of his power and his grace and his mercy. But I was like, no, didn't, I didn't think about his salvation today. Didn't think about his gospel today. Didn't think about the power of salvation shown in what he's going to do for Israel in the future. According to Ezekiel 37, I focused on the temporal. I focused on the problem. I focused on woe is me. I focused on now I'm not going to have enough hours posted. So therefore tomorrow I'm going to be all mad and I'm going to be all frustrated. Now, please hear this. I don't want this to turn into, uh, it convicts me, but don't let this turn into every time we have feelings, we, we have to feel guilty. I'm not saying that. I'm saying every time we have feelings, whether those feelings are justified and right, we can never allow our temporal circumstances, because no matter how horrible they are, they are temporal, because sooner or later, this life is over, right? It's like a vapor. It's here today, gone tomorrow. It'll be over. Then there's eternity. You, can ha- you have every right to feel how you feel because of what you're going through or what you're suffering. Don't let anyone minimize that. I don't want to minimize. You can feel that. You can acknowledge that. You, can, you don't have to cover it up and hide and pretend everything's okay. That's a wrong. That's not what I'm saying. We should be able to vent. We should be able to be upset. We should be able to be frustrated. We should be able to be angry. We have a right to do that as human beings because that's that's why to deny that is just foolish. Pretending, this is not a call for Christians to pretend everything is good. But at some point in the midst of that, we do need to stop and stop looking at our circumstances and look to eternity. Remember that we sleep underneath his wings because of his salvation, imputed righteousness, and that we have seen him. His salvation. And we should be able to say, Lord, let me now depart in peace because I have seen the salvation which you have prepared and the light and the sight of every people. Now, night prayer concludes with this. Here's the blessing. Here's the blessing. I love this blessing in the uh, Liturgy of the Hours for Night Prayer. May the all powerful Lord grant us a restful night and a peaceful death. Amen. May the all-powerful Lord grant us a restful night and a peaceful death. A restful night, because I'm going to sleep under the wings of the Almighty, protected. No night terror. What, no, matter, no matter what happens, I would wake up in his presence. Not because I'm good. <laughs> the complete opposite. I'm a sinner. But because of the, I'm covered in the wings and a sense of his perfect righteousness and holiness, his protection. A peaceful death because, Lord, I can depart in peace right now because I have seen your salvation. And when you see his salvation, if we truly treasured it, it would minimize what we've the the reality that we experience minimize it only in the sense that we're comparing it to glory doesn't mean you don't feel what you feel don't ever deny what you feel don't ever pretend you don't ever don't ever say well i'm a christian i can't feel this way no you've got to just acknowledge it i i acknowledged my feelings i talked about my frustration today i i spoke it i i i it was seen there was nothing i never i didn't pretend otherwise hopefully i've even started this broadcast acknowledging it i didn't hide it and turn it on going god is good and God is good all the time and just act like everything was great. I acknowledged it, but once confronted with, man, I saw, in a sense, the salvation of the Lord today. And I was like, you know what? I don't really care. Then that's conviction. You can email me news, if at yahoo.com. That's News i f at yahoo.com news i f at yahoo.com and again the concluding words of the liturgy of the hour night prayer is may the all-powerful lord grant us a restful night and a peaceful death amen